Good evening, Vancouver. Or is it a good evening? Uh, we will discuss, as I'm sure you all know. Hope you're all doing well. It is a lovely Wednesday night, uh, a smoky Wednesday night, a few days after we normally do this. Um, and we have four just fun hockey games to talk about. As always, though, here with my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing, Clay? How are you holding up over this last week? Truly, Parker, I, I'm okay. I'm okay. I, I was sad that I didn't have my co-host here to bounce. Well, I could still bounce things off you, but you were three hours ahead, maybe using data sometimes, maybe using Wi-Fi. I, I just want you to know, brother, that I was thinking about you living vicariously through you, and then I didn't want to live vicariously through you for for two of those games, but I know we're going to get into it. I'm glad you're back in one piece. I'm glad you're smiling. Like uh, we were, we were preparing for the show and you seem to be in a decent mood considering what you just experienced. I'm just excited to be awake. That's I'll be honest. I, uh, I felt, you know, I, about about two hours ago, I was like, yeah. it's, it's way too late for me to text clay and say, I'm not going to make it. Oh, so you we're, run the coffee. Let's go. All right. Um, yeah. Cause you're at 1am your body clock right now. Kind of. I think I stayed on Pacific time the whole time I was there to be honest. <laughs> Um, but no, it was, uh, it was a lovely time, but we are going to break down four big Canucks leads that didn't last for more than 40 minutes at a time. Um, which is the fun part. Uh, I don't know if we have much other news to talk about. I guess reverse, re- uh, reverse retros drop tomorrow, which we've already yeah. seen it and it, the Canucks one's ugly. So, um, <laughs> uh, unless you have a different take, but I, that might be a short segment. Um, might be a bunch of short are... segments tonight. <laughs> I can feel it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, is there anything you want to touch on before we get into four hockey games? Yeah. Before we get into the games and then we can look quickly ahead to, you know, yeah, I, I see the show going in two halves, basically talking about uh, what's happened so far and and your unique perspective on it. And then looking ahead to maybe we, go, we don't go too far. We go Minnesota and then at least Buffalo and Carolina, the, the three games that will, you know, we'll, they'll play before the next time we do our show. Having said all that, um, before we get into the games, I, I think it's interesting that you're hearing a lot now of maybe it's because they're losing. You're hearing a lot of oh locker room cliques, oh yeah. star players not. And I don't know, Parker. Maybe that comes with the territory with a team that is is not meeting expectations. But I think Horvat Miller tried to put that to bed last year. I don't know if this one's about Miller and Petey or Hughes. I don't know. And I don't care actually. I don't. I don't worry about that kind of stuff because I think we're only hearing about it because they're struggling. I don't know. Yeah, I'm I'm usually of the if there's smoke there's fire mindset okay. um, for things like this, but the fact that last year there was smoke and seemingly no fire uh, <laughs> leads me to believe uh, a little bit less of it. And, and I right. saw some some things that were kind of funny about you know being like wow it's it's someone in the Chicago atmosphere that's talking about all this stuff yeah. after they were doing it last year right after the Godet move. So it's like, are are they are these guys just getting sent out of Vancouver and just leaking things to the Chicago people? Right, got that uh, last year, Dickinson, Dickinson now. Dickinson yes, year. <laughs> like is that a thing that's happening? What a weird, like what a weird thing to happen. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I I'm not gonna lean too much into it uh, because again, yeah. it, unless I mean we don't know anything, right? We again, yeah. most of this is brewing from some random person in Chicago that I've never heard yeah. of. Yeah, um, ditto. I agree. And, I agree. Uh, yeah. That's a good way of putting it. And so I'll save. Yeah, we, let's tie in the you know the benchings and the scratches and the why aren't you dressing this particular defenseman that we both love. We can save all that for as we go through each game. I think then. Yeah, I think that's a that's a fair play. Was sure. this Oilers game? This Oilers game was only a week ago, huh? Yeah, because we 
we did our show on Thanksgiving Monday, the 10th. And then because we knew that we wouldn't get together to the 19th. So it's, it's technically two days extra. Yeah, and the Canucks fit in four games. Yeah, and my goodness, what a start. Um, yeah. And, and I mean I mean that genuinely. What <laughs> you know, a start yeah. the Canucks had in Edmonton with Elias Pettersson scoring two minutes in with JT Miller, just a random shot that got through uh, a minute later. And me th- thinking, all right, this is the offense we were promised. Yeah. I'm scared. Uh, yeah. And apparently for good reason. Um, Andre Kuzmenko gets his first goal. Nice little power yep. play goal. 39 seconds into the second. Uh, and then the the first collapse of uh, of the week, and it's it's a Drysaitel power play goal, it's a Connor McDavid power play goal, and then the Canucks up three two get a yeah. power play. They're like eighth power play of the game at this point. Maybe maybe it's only like their sixth of the game at this point. I mean they had eight power plays during this game, and then Darnell Nurse goes and scores shorthanded. Yeah. And then I think I remember tweeting after this, please just get a point. Um, and then people said I jinxed it. I have not jinxed a thing. Uh, oh, by the way, speak, speaking of jinxes, uh, we want to acknowledge this. Lucas, thank you for the donation, Lucas. Parker, you're a jinx. LOL. So I, I don't think Lucas in his heart means that. There might be other people that think that, but I don't think that either, just so you know. Well, thank I, you. I wasn't at this game. I wasn't at the Columbus game. I will be at the game against Carolina. Me too. Double uh, jinx. Well, maybe it, maybe it double two negatives, right? Ah, that's, that's we're gonna how win. That works. Perfect. Yeah, okay. All right, we're set. We're um, yeah, and then so Connor McDavid does Connor McDavid things in the third. Yeah, uh, scores with five minutes to go. Canucks almost answer, and then the, you know the whole empty net thing, and then McDavid gets the hat trick, uh, and uh, that's the first blown lead. And, and I know this is this was where we were all like, all right, hey. The Canucks had great offense. We know they have bad defense. Edmonton's a good team. Connor McDavid was Connor McDavid. Yeah. Right. That was that was what your thought was at this point, right? Yeah, for sure. And you, you don't want to just excuse it. it. It sounds like a trite. It's so easy to go to, but uh, I think we kind of saw that every time McDavid touched the puck, you knew something was going to happen. It, you can't stop that. And it, we joke around. Oh, you can't stop it. You can only hope to contain it. But it's so true. That's the that's why he scores 120 points every season. 130 points every season. So you, you put in, you're playing against a very dangerous player, plus our special team stunk, as you mentioned. We were one for eight. Then, then they, they went three for four. So Yeah, plus the short And shorthanded. So, you know, the Canucks go net zero for eight on the power play uh, <sighs> against an Oilers special teams unit that converts four times. Yeah. Uh, even though the Canucks did outshoot them 36 to 25, you know, it's just sure. making the most of your opportunities. And we're in a league where scoring three you know is yeah. the bare minimum if you if you want a chance to win especially against a team like edmonton yeah. you know they convert on one one more of those power plays they go two for eight maybe yeah. even prevent that shorthanded goal and this is a game that that goes the canucks way yeah. um and so that was sort of the mindset at that point i was like look it was it was the home opener in edmonton yes uh, it's and and my me being upset was just like look that was your best you know you gave yourself every chance to win that game Yep. Because after the after the 39-second mark of the second period, you're probably a 90% favorite to win that game. 95 mm-hmm. maybe even, right? You're mm-hmm. up 3-0. Um, you can't let that go, right? When, yep. when you're a team where every point's going to matter going in uh, for a playoff race. And boy, did I not realize how much, uh, uh, how, how much blowing leads was going to be a factor um, yeah. in this first week. And you look back, and we have to... 
to do this objectively, we have to pretend we don't know what happened in the next three games. So it's you're right. It's the Edmonton Oilers home opener team that went to the Final Four. It's McDavid and Dreisaitl. And we're missing three of our regulars, two of our top five defensemen in Myers in and Dermott. And you're missing McKayev, a top nine player. So I, I can't remember if Edmonton had any major... Oh, yeah, I, I remember Edmonton only dressed 11 forwards. <laughs> so, right. but, but overall, you were, I, I remember this. I was okay. It, it wasn't making excuses, but I was okay losing... I, it's not like I was playing. I was okay with the Canucks losing first game, given all of that. And remember, trying to objectively remember how I felt nine nights ago. Yeah, and a big piece of that yeah, was their next go. their next game is, look, it's it's the perfect bounce back opportunity, right? You're against the Flyers, who are supposed to be a bad team, right? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that would be a really good chance to just get on track, forget that Edmonton game, and start rolling on forward. This is a game that, you know, when this one was up 2 nothing, there was no way they were going to do that again. Yes. Uh, never, never. They're, no, they're always gonna, yeah, never gonna give up another lead. Yeah. Um, so moving on to this Philadelphia game, um, that you yeah, were at, which I was at. Uh, I will say Wells Fargo Arena, Wells Fargo Center. I don't remember yep. which one it is. Um, Let's go Center. Lovely arena, honestly, ah. fantastic facility. Um, Where were your seats, Parker? Where were your seats? Uh, we were tenth uh, row, basically in line with the face-off dot in the zone um, on the side of the Canucks shot twice. Uh, so nice. we did get to see four of the five goals on that side, um, including a random Kyle Burrows wrist shot that went in, yeah. uh, which was fun. That was a, a nice, fun chance for us to stand up and cheer. Uh, a Connor Garland goal. That was pretty nice, you know, with six minutes to play in the first period. And again, we're going to the intermission feeling pretty good. Um, yes. You know, I don't know what things were like online, what the vibe was like, were people being like, oh, are they going to blow this one too? Like jokingly, was that, were you yeah, seeing any of that? I'd say that's fair. There's a little bit of that and you're always going to get that. And that's kind of one thing, Parker, I've been talking about on my streams is I, I don't know. We don't have the right to tell anyone how to cheer, how to be sarcastic, how to be genuine, whatever. But even up to nothing, Philly was supposed to be really bad. They were supposed to be really bad. And whereas our first period against Edmonton was really good, some acknowledge that. Uh, well, you tell me. Um, a lot of people here were saying that Philly actually had the better first period. We just wound up coming out of it 2 nothing. Yeah, I didn't. I mean, yeah. I mean, you think of the two Canucks goals, right? Like yeah. that Burroughs goal was a random rush goal uh, yeah. down the wing. Um, and then after that, I mean, goaltending was good. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really. I wasn't getting much of a vibe for who was the better team at, okay. at certain times. Yeah, uh, I mean, shots in the first period were fourteen to four for Philly, so <laughs> I would imagine that that uh, bodes well for them yes. uh, in comparison to the Canucks. Um, I do want to pull up the the old natural statric here and see what the expected goals were in the first. Expected goals in the first were one point six for Philadelphia, yep, and zero point one one for the Canucks. <laughs> so a 93% expected goals lead for the Philadelphia Flyers. So yeah, I think that's fair that the uh, the Philadelphia Flyers were the better team in the first period, but the Canucks were up 2 nothing. And yes. they had a perfect chance to bounce back in the intermission and guess what? They did. <laughs> you know, analytically again, we'll go back to the expected goals here. Uh Flyers expected to get 0.6 goals in the second what? period. The Canucks expected 2.08. So the Canucks with 78% expected goals in the second period. But it's the Flyers capitalizing on a power play goal from Tony D'Angelo from the point. And then the Canucks giving up their second shorthanded goal of the year uh, to Scott Lawton. 
And just like that, now it's a tie game uh, going into the third period. How were you feeling? Actually, I asked you before we started. You said the Philly fans were actually nice. Yeah, there was honestly, I, I don't think they cared about us at all. Uh, we were not too rambunctious. Uh, we were standing up and cheering when our team scored. Other than that, we were just sitting and focused on the game. Yeah. Um, we made, there were the people in front of us. The There was one lady who grew up in Langley, which was amazingly surprising. Uh, and wow. then, uh, yeah. And that, and so yeah, the, those two goals were kind of sitting there because we know what has happened three nights prior in yep. Edmonton. And we're kind of just doing one of these on the armrest, just kind of sitting <laughs> And like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, is this is this truly happening um, against the Philadelphia Flyers? And then you know, go to the third period. Look, brand new yeah. period. Yes. Canucks are going to come up flying. The Canucks are the better team on paper here. They just got to go get it done. And I mean, not much. Like, it felt like nothing really happened in the third period. I mean, at least that was the vibe in the arena. Like, shots were thirteen to eight. It didn't mm-hmm. feel like either team had a bunch of life. Uh, the mm-hmm. analytics kind of, you know, 50-50 expected goals-wise in the third period. Um, it was just kind of a, you know, we were just kind of sitting there watching, and then, you know, it's one goal where Travis Konechny scores with six minutes to go. I can't remember that it, goal. What happened? I can't I remember I genuinely it don't remember it either. Yeah. Um, but I am, I am watching it. Uh, it is a random, oh, it's the puck that... Uh, was thrown on net from basically the top of the faceoff circle by Provorov, yep. and it jumped over Miller's stick as Konechny oh, circled the net. Of course, of course. Uh, of and course. he just tucked it in. And, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's <sighs> all it needed. And it's, it's, and here, again, I, I sound like a broken record, but we have to place ourselves at this moment on on Saturday, and you see the exact same thing. A, a quick start by the Canucks giving up a shorthanded goal and then losing in the final six minutes, giving up the game, the game winner. So already two games in one against a pretty good team in Edmonton, one against a team that we thought wasn't good in Philly, who are now, I guess, three and zero. you already starting to see a couple, a couple bad trends, but you also saying, okay, that's only two games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It's two games on a road trip. Look, we said if the Canucks go two and three, but they show up pretty well, yeah, uh, and to me, you know, scoring a bunch of goals and being good on the power play that would be showing up pretty well. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't care too much about that. Although neither of things, those things had happened yet. But you know, Canucks just win two of the next three on the road trip, and that's kind of salvage. It's not the, not the end of the world. Um, yes, yes. But then you know, it's the long trip out to Washington D.C. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I assume, it's like a twenty-five minute flight um, at most because it was a two-hour train. For yes. us, um, but we head over to Capital One Arena in D.C. Um, and we're you know we're ho- we're hoping for offense. That's yeah. that's the goal here, right? Yeah. Uh, and it starts uh, differently. And <laughs> I remember I remember looking over uh, at Travis, the person I was yeah. with, and saying, yeah. "This is different. This bodes well." When Alex Ovechkin scored a minute in, because I said the Canucks don't have a lead to blow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Jokingly, of yeah. course. Um, and then end of the period, um, 17.6 seconds on the clock, face off in the Canucks zone. Um, beers are empty. We both need to use the washroom. <laughs> and we're thinking, yeah. oh, good time to use the washroom, right? There's <laughs> like beat the crowd to it. 
and he's about to get up and like I'm like no no they score here yes it's a defensive zone face off like no they don't score here but they do because uh, Quinn Hughes does the bank pass and Elias Patterson has it jump over Darcy Kemper's stick tucks it in mm-hmm. and now it's a brand new game right tie game it was exactly what they needed you don't yeah. want to go into the intermission down you apparently don't want to go into the intermission with a lead so if you go into the intermission tied <laughs> that's got to be the perfect scenario um, so all was well at that yeah, point. When, yeah, when that puck went in, and it was, I don't know sure you heard it ping or if it did ping, but apparently he went post in, and then it wasn't. Oh boy, the, I didn't <laughs> notice that. Yeah, uh, because we immediately got up, cheered, yeah, ran up the stairs uh, to beat the crowd. To beat the <laughs> yes, crowd, beat yeah, the crowd yeah. to the washroom line because uh, they were pretty bad lines at that <laughs> arena. Um, but we were like dancing up the stairs, like we were fired up. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then we come sit back down in our seats. You know, fresh beer, fresh food. We're feeling good. And then Lars Eller scores eight seconds into the period and immediately just deflated. <laughs> You're like, oh, boy. <laughs> um, but the Canucks showed out pretty well in the second period. Uh, you know, they, they then come out. They get the Bo, they get Bo Horvat's first of the year with yep. eight minutes or eight minutes in. And then just 11 seconds later, Curtis Lazar scores. Um, yeah, that was, was nice. Which was fantastic. Kind of, I'm not sure if you meant to do that, but it was nice. Hey, it works, right? Yes. We, we take yes. it. And then... Uh, near the end of the period, Canucks get a power play, and they do something with this one. It's their only power play of the night. It's uh, it's Evgeny Kuznetsov, baseball swinging, uh, Kyle Burrows in the face. Crazy that that's a two-minute penalty, but there's no blood, and that's apparently the only thing that matters, that's... not the amount of violence behind a swing or intent. Uh, he did get suspended for one game after, yes. um, but that doesn't help the Canucks at all. Yeah. Um, and JT Miller makes it 4-2, power play goal. Uh, to end the second period, and the how Canucks you feeling are, right there at that at that second intermission? I'm feeling good. The offense is clicking. The Canucks were clearly the better team. Uh, you know they're up in shots at this point, like 26 to 20. Um, it, like energy energy levels are good, um, but we didn't realize that the Canucks were up two goals going into an intermission. <laughs> And apparently that's the only thing that matters because you then have a power play for Washington uh, yep. and Dylan Strom scoring to start the period. Yes. And then seven minutes later, John Carlson uh, with just a rocket. Uh, yes. And then you have four minutes after that uh, in an already tied game, you have Connor Sherry scoring. Uh, and then Alex Ovechkin gets the second of the night. Um, uh, kind of a weird was that the weird one or is this first one the weird one that was sort of uh, under Demko's pad the, the first one was the weird one yeah that's all I remember um, but yeah me- yeah that Sherry goal that was the one where um, no one checked anyone as they gained the line and they they just kind of let Washington pass the puck around and they found that seam right left point to right side of the net and it wasn't that the tip in I'm pretty sure that was the tip. I, I think so, now. yeah. There have been I so many know. goals, man. I can't tell them apart. There have been so many goals going the wrong way. Yeah. Um, that now it's 6-4. The Canucks challenge it. And I literally mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And then I looked up at the Jumbotron. I was like, oh, that's going to count. And then we moved on. Uh, and the Canucks had the, power, uh, the penalty kill, so there was nothing they were going to do uh, in those last three minutes. What's the Washington arena compared to the Philly arena like? Uh, it's also fine. It's, it's, it's so much more central. The yeah. the Philly arena, they have this little stadium district in the south area where there's just it's just the Phillies stadium and they were playing their elimination game that day, um, oh. and then there was the Eagles stadium and then the Philly stadium all in sort of like a triangle 
and then a really cool uh, entertainment sort of district there. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Washington one's just like in the heart of buildings. Like it's like another building on a block. Like just one mm. of the city blocks is this building. You don't even really notice it if you're not paying attention. Um, Philly Arena was more modern, nicer, but the Caps Arena was was fine. More like Rogers, I'd say, maybe a little bit lower. Okay. Um, fine arena though. They're yep. they were all good. And I, I like this kind of thing. I think you do too. Uh, tell me mm. about the game presentation in both arenas. Um, the f- so the Philly rink was pretty dead. Uh, oh. It was it was only I think seventy seven percent of seats were sold okay. uh, attendance wise. So it felt kind of empty. Um, and they had the standard. It was very standard, right? They had the the kids at the intermission playing. And I I don't think they weren't revolutionizing anything. Um, you know, lots of people complain about the Rogers Arena game presentation, all that stuff. Theirs weren't any better. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was fine. Okay. 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 So, so at that point, and I, I know you were flying home the, during the, uh, with the Columbus game, correct? Like that was, correct. You, you didn't go to that one. So you, you come out of there, you've just, whatever, whether you worry about the money, the time, the energy, or you're simply, like, how are you feeling walking out now watching two collapses so walking after that game we were a little frustrated yeah for a li- on like sort of the first the first five blocks we walked or so we're like ah you know and we're still like around like there's still washington fans around and they're kind of happy and and that makes me mad uh so we're just kind of like walking down the street and whatever and then eventually we sort of get out of the city district and we're looking at the map because like all right the white house is here and then we can we just forget about the game right we just sort of we're like all right we're gonna we gotta do our exploring so we walked around dc for two hours um and then uh everything was sort of fine uh the next morning we kind of woke up we're like can you believe that <laughs> like you believe what happened <laughs> last night like what a what a mess uh and then we were basically just on the clock we didn't really have much time to reflect on that second game because uh, we basically had five hours in dc until we had to be on a plane Wow. <sighs> okay. So then, did you get a chance to watch the Columbus one? Oh yeah, no, yeah, I, I saw your tweet. Actually, you did. <laughs> yeah, no, I um, uh, we're we're on the plane. Uh, two legs of the flight. First leg, uh, first leg to Montreal. Uh, we land in Montreal at about six o'clock local time. Um, uh, five forty-five ish local time, and then our flight yeah. to. Uh, Montreal takes off at about 635. So it's a pretty quick turnaround. We got to get through customs, all that stuff. So we're hustling. Yep. Uh, we get on the plane. Everything's good. Uh, and it's a plane with Wi-Fi. And we have this little row to ourselves. I'm like, perfect. You know what? It's 20 bucks. I'll get the Wi-Fi. Wasn't working for the first hour of the flight. Um, the, like the, they had to come over the intercom. Be like, the Wi-Fi is not working. We're trying to fix it. And then they reset it and it worked. Um, so it's about 740. Uh, Local time, no, mm-hmm. yes, local time, uh, 4.40 Vancouver time. So basically yep. the end of the first period. I know the first yep. period is going to be over. So my thought is, all right, well, I don't need to get the Wi-Fi yet because my thought was I want to check the score. Right. And if the score is good, then I'll watch the game. But if they're Naturally. down to nothing, then whatever, I'm just going to sleep. And then I realized that I can't check the score unless I pay for the Wi-Fi. So I commit. <laughs> uh, so I, it was either I could get an hour of Wi-Fi for like $14 or the whole flight for 20. I was like, okay, I'll do the whole flight. Yeah. Um, and I get it. It takes forever for me to get my, my Telus optic TV app to work because the Sportsnet app does not work at all. Um, and after a while the t- like the Wi-Fi is so slow, but eventually it works and I can watch it at like, like there's like 
maybe a thousand pixels on my screen at most. It's like 360p, um, but I'm watching it. I got the sound in the in the earbuds. Cuts out every like four minutes. I have to reboot the app. Um, but the Canucks are up. And uh, but yes, I did unfortunately pay um, more money than a ticket to that game was if we had stayed in Columbus. Because I checked, I could have got in the door for 13 US dollars. Oh. Um, I paid more than that to watch that on the plane. Oh. This well, okay, well, thank you for your for your commitment to this team. <laughs> this one because the Horvat and Pedersen goals were so nice. Well, the, yeah, the Horvat yeah. one was for sure. The Pedersen to Horvat shorthanded that was beautiful. That and that was wow. Okay, we got we now we have a shorthanded goal for once. Awesome. And then the Pedersen one, the Hoglander and Pakolzin and Petey really dominating that stretch of play. I'm not sure if you saw the highlight. And then yep. it was actually a shot that went wide that Petey was. He's so smart. Whether it's that one that bounced over De, uh, Kemper or this one, he's very opportunistic. Like that's why he has six yeah. points in four games. He's, so. And then, then Danforth's goal it bounces off another guy. Like, sure, they had a two on one in front of, in front of Martin, but it's not his fault. And then because it bounces off one guy, Danforth with some great hand eye coordination, you got to give it to him. So Martin has no chance. Hughes maybe could have tied him up a little better, but that was a pretty fluky goal that first one. Yeah, he bunts it out of the air basically. <laughs> um, and again, I it's ha- like yeah, I'm scrolling Twitter because I, I have the I get the Wi Fi at the end of the first period. So first thing I do. I go into like the Reddit game thread so I can find the two highlights really easily. Yes. Uh, watch the Duke Canucks goals. Uh, yes. We're sitting there. We, we fist bump. We're like, yeah, all right, we're doing good. And then I start scrolling Twitter and all the tweets of like, oh, well, <laughs> two goal lead again. Um, and uh, we're like, there's no way that happens again. So yeah, there's that Danforth goal in the second period. Yeah. Um, so and then we go to the third period. Yep. Uh, and then Columbus ties it up. It's mm-hmm. it's two two, uh, it's a Wierenski goal, um, and that feeling is of dread has yeah. has come in. Um, but one thing the Canucks had not done to this point was regain a lead. But oh, they did point. that this time, and not and just was, that. Like twelve seconds later. <laughs> yeah, I think forty seconds later, something like that. Oh, yeah, forty two. Uh, sorry, forty two seconds later. Yes. <laughs> Um, I got too but excited, it's, but it's Horvat, his yeah. third of the year, uh, second of the night. Uh, I don't even remember this goal. I just remember being excited. Oh yeah, uh, he won the face off, and then Pullman put it to the net, and it it, went, it bounced off someone uh, like a, a Columbus guy skate, and then it right. bounced off Horvat skate or Horvat's oh, leg. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why I didn't it was a good mucky muck goal. Yep. Um, yeah, so the Canucks have the lead again, and then uh, the Johnny Goudreau scores like two and a half minutes later, and this is just, this really is a testament to how slow the Canucks defense can be when it's guys like Luke Shen out there, because uh, Johnny Goudreau finds so much space yeah. uh, to just, just skate right through the middle. Take yeah. it around the net. Great edge work around the net to beat Martin to the post. Martin overcommits a little bit to the yeah. right side and, and can't push all the way over. Just a silly mistake, but one that happens. Yeah. Uh, it's a, And it's a great goal to tie the game up. And then we're just in nail-biter mode, basically, yeah. for the last 10 minutes. And, and part, yeah, just before we break down the overtime, and then I want to break down the overtime, then I want to talk about who played and who didn't. But that Goudreau... Goal. Yes, he's a great skater, and I know a lot of attention was put on Martin. Why was he so aggressive? I'm not sure if you saw it. Um, Goudreau crossed over. He turned Stillman, and then when he went around, 
Shen, instead of cutting Gudro off at the far post, which I know things happen fast, but that's what you want him to do. For some reason, he skated to the same side as Stillman, the one that Gudro just came from, checking a guy, not recognizing that Stillman could have checked that guy, and Shen, if he had cut off Gudro, then you block that, that shot attempt. But I don't know if you remember, Stillman and Shen end up on one side, and then there's no one checking Gudro. Yeah, there was no one checking Goudreau. Uh, it's a great goal, yeah. Um, but it's one that you could tell just gave them a, a ton of life. Yes. Um, obviously, you know the Canucks hang on for the last ten minutes. Uh, there was that goal interference on on Nyquist that was so obvious. Yeah, uh, and then the Canucks had some power play chances that didn't go their way, and then the Canucks make it to overtime. They get their first point of the year. At this point, I, I breathe a sigh of relief because I'm thinking, okay, they at least get a point. Something's changed here. Yeah. Maybe not by that much because, you know, it's Columbus. They're not, like, the best team. But whatever. The Canucks got a point. Yes. They can at least say that. And then they immediately give up a 3-on-0 <laughs> in overtime. Just like <laughs> was it two years ago to the St. Yeah. Louis Blues. Uh, but this time, was it Wierenski who just put it over the net? Yeah, over the net. Maybe, maybe Martin, like, grunted at him or something as he came yeah, up but you, you just can't do that i think that i think garrett on the replay said that it like started rolling on him or something but on yeah. a three on oh i mean yeah you can't do that um so the that Canucks was right survived. after Petey hit the post right it, it, i think it was right after no i think yeah, the goal was right after the post maybe i don't remember oh, okay um either way there was a post yeah. hit by the yeah. canucks yeah, uh, and then um, yeah, Columbus goes down and and they score. Um, oh, just... I remember Horvat shot it, and then Hoglander um, was on the wrong side of Columbus guy, and then Horvat inexplicably tried to intercept the pass instead of breaking up the two on one, making it a two on two. So now that's why why it became a two on one because Hoglander and Horvat were stuck in the corner. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and then just the laziness on display in that yeah. overtime. I mean, Hughes at the end of like a minute and a half shift. Uh, and he looked slow. Uh, there was a good clip uh, that I saw like immediately on my phone. I know it wasn't even when they scored, but of JT Miller just standing there uh, in the middle of the ice, like just holding his stick, and then having like a guy, the defenseman, skate around to the to the far post, and him just not even trying to contest it. Oh. And I was like, you you can't. You're just you're doing exactly what everyone accuses you of doing. Oh. You know, it's 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 getting hard to defend that. You know. Um, and then, yeah, I don't remember the, the exact, uh, play on the goal, uh, yeah. how lazy it was. Um, but it was just, uh, yeah, it was, a, uh, the two on one, right. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. gets stopped. Uh, Vorchek just wins the battle, sends it ahead. Now it's a yes. two on one. Yeah. Um, Hughes is at the end of a minute, 26 seconds shift. He yeah. goes for the dive poke. I like it because the dive poke no one expects it. They expect yeah. you to go straight down, keep the stick out to block the pass. Yeah. Um, but really quick reaction uh, to get the pass over quickly enough. It's just out of the reach of Horvat and yeah. a great shot. Uh, and yeah, uh, yeah Canucks are 3 and one I will say that the OT go, Parker, I, I chalked it up. That one wasn't laziness to me. It was just no. bad decision-making. Uh, Hoglander, bad decision. Horvat, bad decision. Even Hughes, even though it was unique. Yeah. It, yeah, it looks like bad decision. Well, okay, so we, we've talked about what's happened um on the ice so let's talk about the two so 
you get excited because Myers, who I think we could all agree, he's steady, Eddie. Uh, he's fine. He played 22 minutes and he was fine. So Myers and McKay have come back. Myers, I think, was fine. McKay have struggled a little bit. I think he was a minus two or minus three. But then the two guys, uh, the the defenseman that gets benched um, or doesn't get in. So Burles was hurt maybe from that that uh, that's from the Washington game. But then Rathbone is sitting while Stillman is still playing in Dermot's absence. And that confounded me. And then Connor Garland is the one who's benched and not Joshua or Hoglander. So which of those two, or maybe both, t- talk, talk to me about both of those, Garland and Rathbone, not playing. Yeah, the, the Garland one is was much more weird to me. Yeah. Um, Garland analytically has been totally fine. I think eye test-wise, maybe a little lackluster. Um, sure. But I think benching a guy to try to send a message when he's kind of been okay, maybe a little worse than expected when there's other players that have been worse. Yep. Uh, you, you're still trying to win hockey games, right? Sure. Uh, and I don't think sending the message is as important as breaking this three game losing streak that you've put yourselves into. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the most important part. I, I thought that was odd. I, I really, you know, you're going to do that and then you're going to play Josh Joshua under nine minutes in that yep. game, right? Yep. And he had a barren stat line. Uh, all yes. zeros across the board. He had one takeaway uh, as per NHL.com. Um, and, you know, you can make the argument of, well, he plays a little bit on the penalty kill, but I mean, only had 30 seconds of PK time, <laughs> right? That's not enough to matter uh, in the grand scheme of the game. I mean, how much did Joshua play in, in, the, in the Capitals game, right? It was only, it was 12.50 um, while Garland had played 14.51. Yeah. Although Garland, again, did basically nothing in that Washington game while Joshua had five hits. So maybe that lays into it a bit. Uh, right. But Joshua then had zero hits in, the, in that Columbus game. Um, that one was much more weird to me. And, and I bet that gets changed before tomorrow night's game in Minnesota. Right. Um, as for Rathbone not being in, yep. I, I kind of see it. Um, but, you know, for that one, I kind of see it. Yeah, but I don't see it for tomorrow. I I think you, I think you know, in. you're at the point where you got to keep changing something, yeah. right? To try to spark something, yeah. and that's the easiest change you can make is putting Garland back in the lineup. Yeah, um, pulling out Stillman, who still you know yeah, you know he's the lowest plus minus on the team last uh, yeah yesterday. Yeah. Uh, he is uh, he didn't get practice time with the team during training camp. Uh, he was you know not fantastic last year in chicago um and you just you know you need some life you need some speed you need something you need maybe a spark and it seems just like the obvious uh solution so you go hugh shen oil myers and then rathbone pullman correct sure yeah, yeah as, as opposed to hughes pullman rathbone shen that doesn't make sense to me yeah 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 i think so um i and i you know you can you know, maybe it goes poorly, right? Maybe Rathbone isn't great, um, but you know, you can't just not try, right? You yeah. can't just you can't just throw in the towel and be like, "Well, this is our decor," when it's <laughs> not good enough. Because maybe maybe Rathbone can can be an impact player, and maybe he can be a number five defenseman, which right. would make him one of the best defensemen uh, available. Um, so yeah, and you know what's. A, a tiny bit concerning, Parker. Blown leads notwithstanding, is that team that played against Columbus yesterday? Aside from Dermot in for Stillman, that's our team. 
That was yeah. our health. Well, and you can argue Martin Garland and well. Sid. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But everyone's healthy now except for Dermot. So, yeah, yeah, and and I, and I think Martin was totally fine, right? Yep. I mean, he didn't win yep. the game for the Canucks, obviously, but he didn't lose it either. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he defended a three on L. That's pretty big. Um, <laughs> what would you do if you were the goalie in a three on O? Truly, I you just you just try to keep square to whoever's the puck and okay. hope they don't pass it again. I, yeah. I I think that's really just your best bet. Um, I don't think you can try to be aggressive or anything. It's too easy to get it to either side. Yeah, I think you just you just gotta hope you make the save. But isn't that most the most Canucks thing right now is to give up a three on O? And then actually to to not have them score, but then they score like right after that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not it's not great. Um, what helps the Canucks? Yep, is that tomorrow they play a team that is right now the worst defensive team in hockey. Whoa, good. They are playing a team that has allowed twenty goals in their three games. Oh, they lost seven three to the Rangers, seven six to the Kings, and six three to the Avs. Now. The Rangers and Avs are good teams, and LA is not too bad either. Right. So, you know, the the Wild are looking at this and saying, "Oh, this is our good chance to get our first win." Yeah. Um, but for if you're the Canucks, I mean, this is you just you have to you have to go win this game. Minnesota has not been good. Um, they cannot get a save. They have they cannot get anything defensive going. Yes. It's it's a game they have to win. There are three. Winless teams in the league, and two of them are playing each other tomorrow night. <laughs> yeah, well, two of them were last night too. <laughs> That's true. Um, yeah, I mean, you, you're really seeing some some stoppable forces meeting movable objects tomorrow. Um, yeah. With, uh, I mean, look, Minnesota's power play is clicking at forty three percent. Obviously, low sample size, um, but they're 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 fine offensively. I mean, they've allowed twenty goals in their uh, in their three games. I mean, they've scored, uh, what, 15 or 12. Sorry, only 12 in their right. three games. But that's pretty good. Um, the other problem, though, is their penalty kill is, I mean, it's better than the Canucks at 69.2%, while the Canucks is at 57.1%. We're at 57%. Uh, yeah. Is that a surprising number based on what you've seen? Well, I don't know. 60 was bad last year. I can't believe we're at 57. 57% on the kill, 11.8 on the power play. So... We should be seeing the power play <laughs> clicking for both teams tomorrow. Um, yeah. We should see a high-scoring game. Uh, uh, speaking of which, I love Adam's score prediction. The Nucks will be winning seven to two after two, but lose twenty-three to seven. It's possible. Uh, we've, it wouldn't be the craziest thing. I feel like. Um, yeah, I mean, you look at the goaltending stats here. Mark Andre Fleury's played uh, just played the one game. Okay. Uh, actually, no. Sorry, he has played two games. Uh, he started their opening night against the Rangers, allowed seven goals in uh, in that entire game. Uh, and then he started against the Kings two nights later and allowed four goals on 14 shots. Awesome. So awesome. Flurry has been bad. Um, not like uh, Philip Gustafson has been much better yeah. as he... Uh, got credit for the loss in that game that Flurry got pulled in because he allowed three goals on 20 shots and the Wild scored six. So he technically gets the loss. Yeah, and, then, the... and then he started the game uh, two nights ago on Monday against Colorado and allowed five goals on 37 shots. So, so they you're also saying this cannot be... get a save. Yeah, this is going to be uh wow. So what do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Truly, truly. 
I think it's going to be high scoring. Uh, I mean, we're, it's going to be Demko for the Canucks. Um, no doubt about that. I imagine they go back to Flurry, but he's looked not great. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, Philip Gustafson's number two, and he's also looked bad. Yeah. Um, so I think I think you're going to see Demko and Flurry, who are historically good goalies, yeah. that are both not playing great. Uh, Flurry playing quite a bit worse, uh, and you got to hope it just ends up going the Canucks' way. And a, a small storyline that's kind of been lost in this is Boudreaux is still chasing win number 600, and he had a chance to do it when you were watching against his first, uh, where it all started, and then now he can do it against his third team, the, the Minnesota Wild. Um, yeah, so another chance for Boudreaux to hit that milestone against uh, an ex-team of his. Mm-hmm. And you have Brock Besser back in Minnesota, yeah. Yeah. Um, who's been playing, you know, decent. Uh, no goals, but three three assists in those four games. Um, we, I mean, the way Pedersen's been playing, he needs to be a factor tomorrow. Oh, yeah. um, you know, yeah. he is he has been fantastic through these first four games. Uh, he's been basically the lone bright spot, right? Uh, I mean, maybe yeah. you can call Kuzmenko one two with that goal in the opening game. Uh, yeah. But yeah, P- Pedersen needs to be putting up numbers tomorrow it's a chance for him to to get you know points basically seven and eight tomorrow yeah. they'll need it because uh, I, I I don't think three goals wins this game right 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 I agree with you um, and and Minnesota as you you laid out is apt to let in that many goals so this well you just look at the record you think that this well I thought this about yeah last night's game you think this is one where the Canucks can win and if they if they win if they win and they come back one three and one, it's not great, but at least they're coming back with arguably three points in the last four, right? Of the last four, and then you're you're fending off some of the boo birds and the angst Saturday night in your home opener. But Park, if they lose and if they lose bad, I, I don't want them to do this. Obviously, I don't know what it's going to be like on Saturday night. Yeah, it it might be miserable. Um, yeah. But look, the, I mean. Looking at their schedule, they we said they had an opportunity to turn around with the Flyers and then Columbus. <laughs> uh, they have an opportunity to turn it around, uh, yeah. and I, you know, they have the Wild tomorrow. Okay. They got the Sabers on Saturday, home opener. Yeah, that's one of those games that is just it's it's a scheduled win for the Canucks, basically. That I have no confidence in them actually winning. <laughs> um, then they have Carolina a couple nights later. Uh, I mean, Carolina hasn't lost a game yet, right? So they might yep. have some trouble there. But, I mean, then they get the Kraken. They have the Devils, the Ducks, the Preds, the Sens, the Habs. Like a nice little stretch there where if everything, if the Canucks basically win the games they're supposed to over the next two and a half weeks, they're a 500 team again. And then, you know, they need to build from there. Um, but they really haven't made their, their lives easy at this point. It's... Uh... Yeah, and I, I know we both said, I don't, I don't. We both said either two, two and one, or two, one and two. No, that doesn't make sense. But we, we both said, yeah, coming back with five, five points would be great. Five or six, not one or three. Yeah, not uh, one. Oh. That was those were not the numbers that we used. <laughs> um, I, I was thinking, Parker, as I'm watching them lose too. I'm already thinking of my my uh, my bets are you know for a little game. Um, and I'm already off, like w- the the longest losing streak. We're was we're getting there. Four? Yeah, I said four or five. I was pretty optimistic. Yeah, so you could already be out <laughs> if they lose their next game because they have lost four already. They have. Yeah. 
Um, and that takes us to uh, a really fun place to be. I actually want to see if I can find that that line graph because I, I bet it has uh, uh, I bet it has movement now. Um, but I don't think I can find it that easily. But you know, <laughs> we just go to something like the Athletic, right? One of those models that has uh, historically been decent. Um, yeah. And I saw Trance getting heat for just tweeting out that the Canucks odds have dropped to twenty seven percent. Yeah, uh, based on their first four games, everyone's like, "Oh, it's only four games." It's like, yeah, just four losses, though, right? Like, it's going to adjust <laughs> because now the amount of games that they had to win before, they now only have seventy-eight games to do it instead of eighty-two, right? Uh, which is harder. Um, I saw a stat that basically said they need to play at a six-fifteen pace to hit ninety-seven points now. Uh, oh it's my! Just, it's just crazy how fast it it can start to fall apart. Now, every team is going to have a four-game losing streak this yep. year. It's yep. just it just has maybe Colorado won't because um, I don't think they did last year. Um, but every team has a four game losing streak. If this yep. just is a four game losing streak, then the Canucks play the rest of their season. Maybe they have a, a few winning streaks here and there that, that make up for it. Great. The problem is where it, if it keeps tumbling. Right. You know, because because if they forbid they lose this game against Minnesota tomorrow. You know, then suddenly, you know, you're you're oh, you've lost five games and now you're up against Buffalo and well, you have to beat Buffalo because then you start getting some tougher matchups like like Carolina and Pittsburgh. It's it's hard to it's hard to predict when they're going to get out of this tumble because everyone thought it would be against the Flyers after that first blown game and then against Mm -hmm. Columbus yesterday and Mm -hmm. they failed both times. So I'm getting it's getting to the point where it's like, hey, you just got to you got to just get the win now right yeah. i mean when the canucks were in that spot last year right what were they they were 8 15 and 2 yep yeah so there's seven correct. games below 500 well they're three games below 500 right now right um Gosh. wouldn't take them long to get more you know seven games below 500 was too much of a of a hurdle right with how well mm-hmm. the canucks played at the end of last year mm-hmm. uh does this team have what it takes to overcome a five games below 500 hurdle maybe but they couldn't pull seven off last year so they need to stop the bleeding as soon as possible if you were to give the three i'll start i'll give you a chance if you were to give the three reasons why we are losing it can be as as minute or as as big or specific or as general as you want so uh stating the obvious uh, they can't hold a lead number two their special teams suck Number three, their team defense is poor. I'm not blaming it all on the blue liners. What do you say? Yeah, it's not great. <laughs> um, I, Am I missing no, any big storyline in there? I don't think so. Yeah. Um, you know, they they have their lineup at this point, right? Um, yep. Is anyone out right now? Other than, I guess, Dermot. Right? Dermot, yeah. Dermot's the only one that's out. And sure, that would be an improvement to team defense, but he's not a notorious defensive d-man mm-hmm. right uh and you're getting to the point where you know okay maybe we're taking out stillman for um for rathbone, rathbone. yeah are yeah. we taking are, is burrows getting back in the lineup as any at any point mm. you know who are we taking out for dermot is it really that big of an upgrade at that point when we're talking about like what pullman for dermot shen for dermot yeah. right it starts to be it's we're, we're getting into lateral move territory here because like right. we said the Canucks have so many number six, seven defensemen, uh, and they need one or two of them to evolve and become better. I mean, I think your best chance of that is a Rathbone, um, yeah. 
maybe even a Burroughs. I mean, I've really liked what I've seen from him uh, last year, and then I think he's been totally fine um, so far uh, in these first four games. Obviously not good enough, um, but he did get that one goal at the very least. So Yep. And one player who's been taking a lot of heat, Parker, and you you referenced him, his effort or lack thereof, is JT Miller. And remember, he we get him for another seven years after this, be his when his new contract actually kicks in. So it hasn't even kicked in yet. Of course, that means there's no trade clause hasn't kicked in yet either. Having said that, oh, I think I'm getting choppy, but that's fine. The um, what did you witness in the two games that you saw live? Uh, yeah, I I there was some angst. Um, you know, he's I think he when he's on, um. He's a very good hockey player, mm-hmm. um, but man, when he is not on, it is it's very noticeable. And part of that is the contract, right? Part of it is you're kind of looking for it because he just got, you know, uh, fifty six million dollars, <laughs> um, U.S. dollars, mind you, uh, for from this hockey team, and he's looked just disconnected at times. He's looked yeah. like he hasn't cared. Uh, and there's been moments where it looks like he does care, right? If he can be that JT Miller mm-hmm. for the entire season and for all of every game, then that's fantastic. Because last year he he was similar to what he's doing now for big chunks of the season, and he still put up 99 points, Yeah. right? So if we get JT Miller, that is all the good parts of JT Miller at all times, we're, he'll, he can get back to 99 points, but that we just we we have never seen that consistency right right that's just never right. been there we we had these discussions all throughout last year of man jt miller was so good and then the next night man like what was he doing on this play in particular here's a clip of him standing still while a guy blows by him and scores or not back checking or x y or z and it's it's just so frustrating because you can see you can see what he has and he yeah. just doesn't use it yeah I'll take 80 to 85 points from JT Miller Parker if it means that he's playing a lot better defensively, if it means that he's showing oh, effort. Yeah. yeah. So, but when you, well, I guess well, he's got three and four, so it's not bad. Or is he even a four and four? I know it's not brutal. He must have at least three points, right? Three and four? I think so, yeah. No, four and four. Regardless, there, yeah, he's on an 80. If he's four and four, he's on an 82 point pace, but we got to see some, we got to see some D. We got some yeah, defense. He, he has three points. He has two goals, one assist. Uh, he has a minus four, though. Wow. Not great. Wow. Now, so we're both going to this Carolina game. So what does that mean for our show next week? Because there's no way we're both going to be back in our respective places for 10 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, considering it is a 7.30 start. Oh, my gosh. Um, so it's going to be a late one. I, I think that'll be a, a lovely opportunity for a Tuesday night uh, yeah. episode which is only six days away so we're, we're improving we're getting back to our normal yeah. times yeah uh which but honestly we'll have, means that which is just yeah. impressive on our part <laughs> very impressive yet we'll have three games to talk about we'll have tomorrow night's minnesota game the saturday home opener against buffalo which neither of us are going to and the carolina game which both of us are going to unless the canucks lose all three of these games and then the podcast is canceled <laughs> what so no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> We're done until they win. That's my official statement. There's no more Canucks after dark until the Canucks win a game, um, because then technically the darkness will not be over. Wow. So wow. hopefully you'll see us next Tuesday. 
That's the plan. That's the plan. No, you, they yeah. will. We're, we're going to win at least one of the next three, aren't we? Oh, they they beat Minnesota tomorrow, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And then, and then suddenly, hey, we're only two games back to 500. Then you just got to beat the Sabres. Easy. That's the Sabres. And then we're one. Yeah. I, and then I you got to beat right. the Carolina Hurricanes, and we'll be there. So, and the double negative thing is an automatic win. So, yeah. So yeah, what no, you're saying guaranteed. is we're gonna be three, three, and one by the time we podcast next. Yeah. Yeah. Unless they aren't. <laughs> but hopefully. Oh man. Thank All you right. for your commitment. Thank you. Thank you for flying cross continent. Staying up because even at the best of times, uh, and we've we've told the story before to all of you viewers. Thank you um, for for your loyalty. That uh, when we decided on a time and a format and a name, we knew that one of us was an early riser. No, oh, wrong, wrong way. Pointed the wrong and way. One of us was uh, a notorious night owl. So the 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 early riser sacrificed for the night owl to make this work. So thank you, Parker. Mm-hmm. No, it's uh, this was fun as always. We do still have eight minutes somehow, uh, so folks, yeah, this is uh, this is your chance to ask us questions. Wow, I just realized if you go into the Canucks website and you go on the right hand side, there's a player leaderboard, and it still just says all the stats from last year. <laughs> it's like ah, oh, JT Miller has 32 goals this year and 67 assists. He's good. Yeah. Uh, Jaskrin says both of us can play on the right side. Well, Parker is a good. You're a defenseman, right? Yeah, right side. Yeah. I I, I can sit I on the bench good. and open it from the right side. Yeah, that's what I'll do. Perfect. Sold. <laughs> um, Jaskrin saying I'm a negative Nancy. They they're zero and three. They are by definition negative. So I am just. Jaskrin, Parker's just, your favorite. What are you doing, man? I'm just I'm being led by example from my favorite hockey team. Unfortunately. Oh, I like this one. I like this one. Is it time to try Miller back on the wing? Yeah, why not? Uh, I, Because I, as a centerman, he has so much more defensive responsibility that yeah. it's so much more noticeable when there is one of those mistakes uh, or yeah. lack of effort um, results. Yeah. So I would say, yeah, if, if it takes putting him back on the wing, uh, I am, I'm sold. I, I saw some stats tweeted out today about Miller's numbers with Pedersen and without Pedersen last year and, and how drastic of a difference it was, mm. um, you know, positively for him when he's with Pedersen, Pedersen performs regardless. Um, yeah. So, you know, I feel like putting him in the best situation to perform, I would be totally fine with him moving to the wing. Um, then are you, you fine with face offs and you can take yeah, face offs yeah, and yeah. play the wing. So then are you fine? So I was, I was thinking about this. So let's say you go a lot of line, for instance, then you, I think you want Horvat, obviously, as your second center. Maybe, let's just say you put Kuzmenko and Mikheyev with him, or Mikheyev and Podkolzin, or Podkolzin, whatever, two of the three Russians. Yeah. That leaves you with a third line, though, of Lazar as your third line center between either Pearson and Garland or Hogland or whatever it is. And then someone like Hogland or, or Garland or Podkolzin gets shuttled down the fourth line because you have to play Lazar up to the third line. And then, yeah. Right. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I think it's fine. Um, okay. I, I'm not too concerned. I, I think Lazar's fine playing 3C. I mean, they had him playing on the Pedersen line for yeah. first stint there already. That's um, true. And, and I'm not too worried about your, your fourth line, um, who your fourth line center is. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's say you have a defensive zone faceoff. 
I mean, throw Horvat out there for the faceoff, right? Yeah, yeah. Win the faceoff, clear the zone, and then go sub off for someone else. Right. Um, it's obviously not ideal to have someone who's not a natural center playing center. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I, I I just think you have to have, you know, you you gotta you have to have, get J T Miller going, um, yeah. especially with the contract he has. Uh, so I would not hate to see him put on the wing. Okay, good good answers. Good answers. Mm-hmm. What else we got here? Yeah, a lot uh, of love for a lot of line reunion for sure. Yeah, and I would say you know even if you do Pedersen, Miller, and like a Kuzmenko, I think would be fun. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, or Makayev or or whoever you want to put up there. I don't really care about left and right sides for wingers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know I think you just you just put someone quick with them. Uh, yeah. And yeah, if you go like Horvat, Besser, and then Mikheyev or Kuzmenko, mm-hmm. uh, I think you, I think you, you're you're looking pretty decent top six. I mean, the Canucks have nine capable forwards. They do. Um, you know, they have a good top nine, uh, mm-hmm. and I, I think you're you're fine just mixing and matching until you find something that's yeah. that's working and playing decent defense. There's some talk yesterday, Parker, that maybe. Kuzmenko playing three and four, not used to the, the rigors of that, that maybe, I don't want to say hit a wall, but slowing down a little bit, especially compared to the first two outings. So kind of and saying, how are you liking Kuzmenko? He's been fine. I think he's been good. I think he's been good. Yeah, he was a little bit less noticeable yesterday, but I think overall for first four games, I think he's fine. Yeah, I haven't noticed him negatively. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, remember, we were expecting a guy who maybe would get, like, 25 points and you know, at, at worst, and he's been better than that. Um, so I, I don't really have a problem with it. I mean, you can look at uh, – I can pull up some, you know, analytics stuff for him, and, and he looks pretty pretty good. Um, good. You know, while he's on the ice, uh, expected – or, yeah, expected goals for 2.9, expected goals against 1.5. So, so really mm. good in that metric. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, he's a negative two. He's a minus two. But um, when he's on the ice, uh, his team's save percentage is abysmal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's that's not his fault, right? That's just yeah. uh, unlucky, right? So when he's on the ice, the Canucks are, are scoring uh, on 8.3% of their shots. While he's on the ice, the other team's scoring at 23.5% of their shots. Oh, my gosh. Um so, you know, on ice for four goals, four, four goals against. He is getting sheltered, though, right? I mean, his Corsi is 84 to 32 while he's on the ice, right? Which is fantastic. Wow. Um, but he is, he is also starting, uh, you know, 80% of his starts in the offensive zone compared to 20% right. in the defensive zone. So that helps right. as well. But analytically wise, um, he's been good, like genuinely good. Uh, and I don't think, you know, a couple of slow games, while the whole team's been pretty slow, um, sure. should matter all that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's funny, you were talking about nine good forwards. I agree. Japan says nine capable forwards, but only two good D-men and the rest HL. And that's, that's a little bit harsh, but I, I, I yeah. understand no, what I, I, the sentiment. I genuinely think the Canucks have like a number one, a number three, a number four, and then a bunch of sixes and sevens. Uh, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, having one of those six and sevens be a two, suddenly you have a crazy good, uh, you have a really yeah. good defense. Um, yep. But they don't have that, right? They basically yep. have, um, they basically have to have guys pretend that they're they're better than they are and, and hope it works out. Huh. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm glad to have I'm glad to have you back in town. 
Yeah. Sorry this wasn't the most fun episode with how sad everything is, but I mean, <laughs> the Canucks need to start winning. They, like yeah. it's we 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 did this all of last year. Yes, all we want to last year. Yeah. Um, we we want to have fun ones. Like, like we're having fun because we enjoy each other's company. We trust each other. We love having all of you in the chat, and it's been a wonderful chat all night as we've been seeing it all go. But we would also love to talk about some wins, please. Yeah, a lot of wins, ideally. Um, consistent yeah. wins for the entire season would be nice. Yep. Uh, it would be nice to have the Canucks trying to hang on to a playoff spot instead of trying desperately to get back in. Um, in November. I mean, you know, <laughs> well, that's the thing, right? Like, the playoff race by the end of November is usually pretty close to how it shakes out at the end of the year, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So they need to pick it up pretty quick. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. All right. So next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Next Tuesday, 10 p.m. Um, yeah. I'll be back with my post game starting tomorrow against awesome. Minnesota Wild. Um, Clay will be live in a matter of five minutes uh, yeah. with his uh, his nightly show, which I'm sure is I so tell much people fun to watch this one. Losing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just send them back. <laughs> Go back and start that one over uh, and pretend it's new. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, though, I mean sort of one of the topics we go around like do you do you see something big changing in the next week before we meet again i don't uh unless the canucks go over three i i think no matter what happens tomorrow hopefully it's a win i really think they're going to see how they play at home because it, it is a difference with the crowd with the last change just the vibe if they do stinkers against buffalo and carolina though then they're they come out of the the first seven with one win or zero then then i think you have to make a change but yeah. Rutherford's been talking to you know Dolly Wan, everyone else who listened, that he's he's going to be patient. Who he's notoriously impatient though. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly. So he's saying one right, thing. Like, yeah, yes, yes yeah. Yes. He he's always said like I'm not planning on making any trades, and then boom, someone's gone, right? <laughs> uh, and it always seems to be Tanner Pearson. So we'll see what happens uh, there. If we'll anything, watch, he we'll watch for he'd that. be he'd be one of my predictions though if uh, if something were to happen just based on the history. Yeah. Um, Folks, yep. thank you all very much for watching tonight. Hope you enjoyed uh, this little therapy session. Uh, this is just venting. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, hit the like button. Make sure you're subscribed. Uh, it helps us out a lot. You can find me on Twitter at Parker Spox, Clay on Twitter at Clay. Both of our YouTube, uh, YouTube channels are those same names. Clay, any parting words for the evening? Looking forward to getting on the winning track tomorrow. Looking forward to being in the arena with you it's not the same seats but at least we're both there and let's be talking about a 500 hockey team on tuesday that's what i'm looking forward to hopefully that would be lovely uh folks if you missed any part you can rewind back to the beginning it'll be up on your favorite podcast platform in a few minutes uh hope you have a good night hopefully we all enjoy the game tomorrow and we'll see you next week